Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. Okay. If you don't watch the show on YouTube, I just want you to go check it out once. Hit the subscribe button while you're there. But just even if you're never going to watch it on YouTube, I want you to just go check it out once. Tell me if you notice anything different about the situation we're in. Anything at all. That That's what you're going with? Yeah. Instead well, of unbridled excitement or showering someone <laughs> who, with praise who deserves it, that's... That's what you're going with. Evan found uh, the disco lights Don't just worry, now. We're so. strobing now. <laughs> <laughs> we're partying like it's 1986. Daniel Rossi of RD Woodworking <laughs> has uh, come through and built us our custom winged wheel podcast table. It is easily the nicest piece of furniture um, in my house now uh, for... Uh, just a quick description for those of you who can't look right now. He has uh, CNC'd our logo into the middle with an epoxy on top. It is a gorgeous like walnut walnut table. The bottom, the underneath of the table, the legs are uh, hockey nets. Hockey nets with posts. pucks underneath and pucks underneath the legs. And then he has, as a special surprise to us, made a uh, uh, like a fiberglass front etched with the wings logo and uh, the rdwoodworking.ca. Go check it out um, on the front. And as the biggest surprise, as you guys will have noticed, if you're uh, watching on YouTube, it all lights up. <laughs> it The table lights up uh, around the logo is just this nice little, Hey, check out this wing wheel podcast logo light. And on the front, uh, the red wings logo and the rdwoodworking.ca uh, signage all lights up. So now, when we have a hot take, Evan. Oh, I'm dual wielding over here. Where the I, hell are the sensors? This is the most engaged Evan has ever been with like anything active on the show. Hot take. Hot, hot take, take. Hot, hot take. take. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna be real obnoxious with this. It is so bad. Actually, seeing it on oh, the ca- <laughs> seeing it on camera in practice. This is gonna be my favorite. The table's <laughs> oh, it's amazing. <laughs> Daniel. The Mike Milbury minute just got so much more intense. Oh, Mike Milbury minutes were lowering all of the lights and it's just going to be the table shining up at us. Maybe towards the end of the episode when I can convince Brad to get up, I'll have him turn off our studio lights. And, uh, well, that's, we still have the studio lights on. I'm not getting up for that. Yeah, we'll then turn the, the overhead light back on. Um, and so you guys can see. Anyhow, uh, Daniel Rossi, rdwoodworking.ca. Please go check uh, him out. Uh, and if you want some uh, custom woodworking, cabinetry, uh, anything of that sort, as you can see, the guy knows what he's doing. So, Daniel, thank oh you so God. much. He's opposite of me. Yeah. I press every single button and it's still <laughs> Uh, we can't, we're going to do Instagram posts, Twitter posts, uh, everything like that, uh, to show you more. We're going to do a reveal video as well. <laughs> I want it strobing all episode now. Just, just ignore me while I figure this out. We typically do. Uh, welcome to the winged wheel podcast. I'm Ryan Hanna. I'm Brad Crisco. I am disco Dan. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And, uh, 
the second most exciting part of this podcast is that we have a special guest today. Uh, we are welcoming Jeff Merrick back onto the show. Jeff Merrick of uh, NHL host of Sportsnet and, uh, of course, the 31 Thoughts podcast. Um, so Jeff is rejoining us on the show, and we were happy to have him back on. So we'll get to that interview in a little second here. Uh, we're going to be talking more about the All-Star Game uh, and the surrounding events afterwards. Um a little bit about the Red Wings, the Grand Rapids Griffins, and then uh, just get to some questions. And uh, the beauty of not much happening uh, because of the All-Star Game is that uh, we can kind of make it up as it goes. Uh, so without further ado, please welcome our... Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got to get to that early. That can't wait. We got to be a little sad on this episode. Yeah. Uh, horrible news came out just... Uh, four or five hours ago here, which was uh, Kobe Bryant and his daughter tragically passing away um, in the um, helicopter accident. Um, you can't, there's no words for that. The entire sports world is um, shaken and, and shocked. And I just kind of sat down on the stairs and like stared at my phone for a long time after. So um, yeah, you'd be hard pressed to find a person uh, who follows professional sports uh, in the past couple of generations, who doesn't know the name Kobe? So, um, remembering a, uh, a a world great that was uh, gone far too soon. So, um, even though this is a hockey podcast, I think everyone is keeping um, the memory of Kobe Bryant and his family in their thoughts today. Uh, so yeah, we're going to move on and we're going to welcome Jeff Merrick back onto the show. Um, we chatted with Jeff Friday night uh, as the also, as the women's three on three was just wrapping up, I believe, or happening. And uh, it was a good time. So without further ado, Jeff Merrick, 31 Thoughts, Sportsnet. Welcome to the Winged Wheel podcast. Uh, we always said this would happen uh, ever since his first appearance. It is now All-Star Weekend and we are welcoming Jeff Merrick back to the show. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us again. I apologize. I should not be this hard of a get. Like when you look at like when you look at like guests that should be hard to get, my name should not be on that list. So I apologize. It's been so long between appearances. I will give you this, Jeff. I really thought Ron McLean would be a harder get than you, but you haven't been on that front. <laughs> because Ron's like gracious and nice and wonderful and kind and you know, accommodating. And I'm, I'm not any of those things. That's, that's Ron. That's just how good Ron is. You're selling yourself short. Really the hardest get has been freed. Freed is, is an impossible nut to crack. Well, he's not a good person. Like at the end of the day, like he's, he's a mean guy. You know, people don't like him. He doesn't like people. He's like, it might not come through on the podcast, but he's really a horrible man. Uh, and, a terrible human being. And on a related note, we also have co-host Brad Crisco on this call. Speaking of horrible people, how's it going? How's it going, boys? Oh, not too bad. It's good to have you back on. Uh, you and Brad were just chatting about that new stick with the the hole in the blade. What's it called, Brad? The Bauer Nexus ADV. I would suck with that thing. A hole in the blade? I already have a terrible slap shot. If you remove weight from the bottom of the stick, I'd be useless out there. Okay, so I was in Hamilton last week at the CHL and NHL Top Prospects game. I love this game. It's fun. It's wonderful. And all the kids are all in the same place. And you get to talk to families. And you get a chance to talk to a lot of you know, people from different walks of life, whether it's you know, scouts. or uh, And this 
specific instance, uh, one of the one, uh, one of the um, one of the people from Bauer. And so I'm walking down the hallway outside of uh, one of the two teams' dressing rooms. It must have been Team White, and I see that stick, and it's Alexi Lafreniere's. And I mean, I've seen it online. Uh, saw pictures of Braden Shen with it, Jake DeBrusque with it, but I hadn't actually seen one up close. And so I'm taking a good peek at that. And I end up talking to this guy from Bauer. And we're talking about the technology and how long they've been trying it out and the players that are uh, that have used it. And, you know, that includes, you know, Jake DeBrusque and David Pasternak. And I'm going to blank on a whole bunch of names here as well. Uh, Braden Shen. Jeez, who else? A, a, bunch of, a bunch of other guys. And we started talking about, you know, composite technology and sort of the evolution of it. And I said, you know, I haven't used a wooden stick in forever. I mean, I just played beer league, so you shouldn't use me as a, any sort of, you know, <laughs> measuring stick for how, how good this thing is. But I said, the one thing that I do miss from wood sticks is taking a hard pass. Like, when's the last time you two guys have used a wooden hockey stick? Like, it's remarkable how you, you, you forget, like, you forget how nice it feels to take a hard pass on a wood stick because it it cradles it. It's soft. Like on a composite stick, it still bounces and you really got to have good hands to handle it. And I said, like, this is the one thing that I miss. And he said, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, this stick allows that has more of a, more of a flex or a trampoline sort of effect. When you get harder passes, it sort of cushions, uh, it sort of cushions the puck a little bit. Now this is for elite level players. Like I know in my, in my, stupid men's league there's going to be some dummy you know that shows up with this stick because it's like the latest thing right there's a lot of men's league hockey players out there that you know have too much money and so they get like the latest you know uh the 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 latest you know uh the latest technology in skates the newest gloves the latest slickest helmet and so sure enough one of these sticks is going to show up at my dumb men's league and this technology is way over my head but the guys that use them and Jake DeBrusque is, is the, the latest one who scored a couple of goals with it. He swears by it already. He loves it. So I can't grouse about something that's not really designed for me as a men <laughs> cheap hack men's league hockey player. All I know is Jake DeBrusque has scored a couple of goals with it. He loves it. And the guys that have tested it so far sort of say this is a, this is a really good stick, but it does look a little goofy. I will give you that. Speaking of the look and how goofy it is, uh, one of the things I obsess with, much like uh, Mark Savard here, is the tape on the stick. Now, Bauer is <laughs> instructed and send out instructions. The normal thing is just tape over the hole. It's not meant for wind resistance. It's just meant for weight balance in the construction of the blade. But wouldn't you just be a little tempted to put the Kevin Fiala one strip along the bottom <laughs> of the hole? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, who else do you have? Who, uh, Peter Schaefer, I think used to do that as well. Yeah. I, I would really be tempted. I mean, listen, if you have a stick with a, and the blade has a hole in it and you know, you're just like a, you know, a hack, like the three of us, why would you not want to show that off? Or even if you're an NHL or why would you not want that as part of your look? Oh, yeah. Right. Like, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't, co- I wouldn't cover it up at all. A celebration where you hold go, a blade over your eyes and you, you kind of look through it. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Oh, yeah. You go you go by the bench. It's like a pair of goggles. Oh, I oh, do yeah. like that one. That's a, that's a great call. Oh, I like that. <laughs> the last time we saw a stick with holes in it was uh, it was Datsuk, one of the three holes down the shaft, right? 
Yeah, the RBKs. Yeah, there was a few guys. Um, I worked with Colby Armstrong, and I asked Colby about that because he used it when he played, I think he was one of, with Atlanta when he used that RBK. And I was like, did you notice any difference? He goes, nah, just a deal <laughs> that I had, so I used it. <laughs> but I, I'm sure, like, I, again, like, you're talking about like these elite level guys where, you know, the tiniest little difference in their skate lace means the world. I mean, all of this technology is lost on a guy like me. Listen, even Colby Armstrong is telling me like, yeah, I mean, all this stuff is sort of, you know, uh, lost on a, on a bottom six guy like me. But I would imagine like when you're at the elite of your sports, the tiniest little adjustment can probably mean the difference between 25 or 35 goals. Who knows? All right, I'm going to pivot us here to the uh, All-Star game. So I think this is a great sure. time to bring you back because the Red Wing that's going is Tyler Bertuzzi. And though he might not be one of the standout stars there, I do think he is best in the league at one thing, and that is tipping pucks into the net. He has become masterful at redirecting goals in the net. So how does that align yeah. with our previously discussed vision of an all-niche skills competition All-Star game? get a, you know, hardest shot with a wooden stick, best uh, redirecting the puck in. Is that the kind of thing that you think the All-Star game should move more towards? I mean, for a guy like me, yeah. I mean, generally, I mean, it, it took me a few years to get there, but, you know, now I'm at the place where I've stopped complaining about the All-Star game because it's not for me. Like, I had to get over my own ego and realize that not everything is designed for me. It was really hard for me to do that, guys, I assure you, uh, to not realize that the universe doesn't exist just to please me at every moment, every time I flip on the television. Um, but yeah, like a, 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 a tip pup, a, tip, a puck tipping um, exhibition or a, a, a puck tipping event. Yeah, man, send me your Wayne Simmons, send me your Joe Pavelski, send me your Anders Lee, send me your Tyler Bertuzzi. Give me that uh, all day of the week um, as far as niche skills go. Like, honestly, like, here's how bad it is. Like, I would, I would watch who's the best at stripping the puck off the boards. Like, give me the best wingers <laughs> at doing that. Like, that's like the level of, of, of boredom and boredom minutia that I would watch at an all-star game. The guy that can peel the puck off the boards the best or Winning takes the bad pass the best. That yeah. guy, yeah. You know, keep who's away. The, the, the best board battle guy? You yeah. know, keep away would be fascinating. Like, who's the, because uh, you just mentioned Pavel Datsuk, and I mean, I'm sure you guys used to watch him practice. And mm -hmm. listen, that guy, uh, you know, outside of Alex Kovalev, who was the master at it, I don't know that I've seen anyone better at keep away than Pavel Datsuk. It was weird. It's like, you just couldn't, like, He's so he looks so small, looks so slight. No one can lift up his stick. Like the no. guy's just so he's got like that. We had that like Gordy Howe was always the guy. Like oh, you can't pick up Gordy's stick. No one can pick up Gordy's stick. Dastic was the same way. Dastic was the same way. And everyone looks at him. I was like, what? That pip squeak? Yeah, man. Uh, uh, keep waiting. Just play it in one of the face-off circles. I'm into that. I'd watch that. He trained with weights from the time he was like 13 in Russia. You know what the interesting thing about Datsik is, and I've talked to a couple of uh, Detroit Red Wings players about this. Uh, he wouldn't let anyone watch his workouts. Oh, like he wouldn't go and like work out with the guys. It's like I remember talking to Brad May about this once because you know Mayday was a, a Detroit Red Wing, and I worked with Brad at Sportsnet for a number of years, and you know he's yeah. a uh, buddy from a long way back. And so, uh, I mean, I'm fascinated by everything to do with Pavel Datsik, and I said like. You know, the guy is like so freakishly strong for a small guy. Like, what are his workouts like? And he said, nobody knows. It's like he just vanishes. 
And he comes back and he's all sweaty. And then he just showers and gets on with his day. And no one's seen his workout. He's like an intensely private. Like no one, no one really knows what they what the what the guy did. A fascinating guy, like a really interesting guy, huh. with a, with a with a canoe paddle for a blade as well. As I'm sure you guys have talked oh, about huge. before. Yeah. Oh, sir, I was I was literally going to make the canoe paddle joke when uh, Jeff was talking about how you couldn't lift his stick, and of course, because his stick appeared to be 15 pounds heavier than everybody else's. It's like a shovel. I, I, I look at that. I look at that. I'm like, I'm, is, is he playing hockey with a shovel? Like, what is that thing? The 13th guy. My goodness. Uh, all right, Jeff. So very quickly, uh, let's pretend yeah. you're the Jeff that the the universe revolves around. You can be that person for a moment here. What is your <laughs> single uh, best? I want this done to the All Star Game. No questions asked. We're doing it free. Just not allowed to complain about it on 31 Thoughts. This idea for the All Star Game is being implemented. Sure. Fridge would actually agree with this one. Um, and that is, I, I want specialism. I want, you know, I don't want the all-stars to compete at the skills competition. I want the guys that are the best at those individual skills. You know, when it comes to the fastest skater, even though he's not an all-star, I want to see Michael Grabner. I want to see Andreas Athanasiu. When it comes to the hardest shot, even though he's not an all-star, I want to see Ryan Pulak. Like, I want to see the guys you know, the guys that are the masters of these things, like Ryan Pulak, you know, Shea Weber cranked it up, but what did he crank it up on Friday night? Like 106 to win the hardest shot. Like that's, that's crazy, right? I'm willing to bet that Ryan Pulak can give him a run for his money. This guy's been able to hammer that thing going back to when I first started watching him and, you know, in Brandon with the Wheat Kings to get my Pierre on there for a second. Like this guy can hammer it. Um, So I want to see the specialist. I want to see the guy that might not be t- talented enough to go to the all-star game, but just has, you know, uh, uh, rockets attached to his skates. I want to see that guy in the fastest skater. And I want to see the guy that can hammer the puck like nobody else in the hardest shot competition. And I'd like to see more alumni. It goes nice to see Al McKinnis come out and, you know, take the courtesy shot to kick off the hardest shot competition. Why not bring out some of the, uh, the older guys, the ally Afraides or the, Geez, Brian Rolston used to be able to really crank it up too. Like these types of guys at the event, it'd be wonderful for the alumni, wonderful for the, the those players and their families and their kids. Give them the All Star Weekend experience. Uh, if I was designing the All Star Game, that's 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 what I would do. If, as we point out, the world revolved around making me <laughs> pleased and uh, and tickling me under the chin at every turn. Not too far though, because then uh, goalies would have two blockers, right? Two, yeah, two block. You know, I've kind of softened on that one because you know people are like, oh, it looks goofy. I mean, okay, fine, I'll I'll, I'll relent on that one. But I, I'm I'm still not letting go of the idea that it should be a minor penalty if goaltenders cover the puck for a whistle. Huh. Got to keep that thing moved. You want you want to move the game along. You want to take it. To, you want to take it to the exit. Why should goaltenders be allowed to cover up the puck and stop the play? Just I know it sounds goofy when you first hear it. Just think about it philosophically for a few moments, gentle listener right now, um, and think what a cool change that would be to the game. You want nonstop activity? That does it. Because right now, goalies artificially stop the play and, and, and kill momentum. All right, gentle listener, after you've taken the uh, minute requisite pause there to digest what Jeff just uh, <laughs> delivered to you. I was going to say, what a jackass. What a terrible thing for me to say. What a pretentious <laughs> thing that was to just say. Like, I'm, I'm embarrassed for myself. It just came out of my mouth. 
So, uh, obviously, with the women's three-on-three uh, being a big excess and, and arguably the focal point going into this entire All-Star weekend, do you think there is an opportunity here for an expanded role for the women's hockey players in not just the skills competition, but All-Star weekend? Yeah, I think it's going to be a permanent fixture now. I, I think one of the smartest things uh, for women's hockey is to put their product right up against the NHLers, to put all the you know, the uh, elite of the elite women right up to right up against the elite of the elite men. Like, I think that's from a marketing and a, and a perception point of view. I think that's a wonderful thing uh, for the women's game. Um, and I, I think this, you know, the women participating again this season, I think is, you know, the NHL nudging even closer or sort of moving the needle even more towards them eventually forming their own women's league. Um, I think we all have an understanding that that's the long-term play here. They're not going to do it while there's one active uh, women's run league uh, for various reasons. Uh, one of them, the NHL doesn't want to look like the bully that's, you know, tries to, to squash a, uh, another uh, hockey league uh, 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 that, that looks to not squash a women's hockey league. Uh, and two, there's probably legal reasons why they don't want to go about that right now. But you can rest assured that the uh, the NHL, for a couple of reasons, one, it's the right thing to do, um, and two, they've been you know had this in the back of their minds for for a number of years now. The NHL does want to get involved in women's hockey in a more profound capacity. What it looks like, I have no idea. Uh, do I believe that there's a, a league in an envelope somewhere in the NHL office that they're ready to pull out the minute that the uh, um, uh, that there's a clear path to, to creating this league? Yes. Uh, do I believe they can put it together quickly? Yes. Do I think that uh, they'd be ready to go at a, at the, uh, at a, at a moment's notice? Yes. Um, there's just, you know, a, a couple of hurdles. One of them is, as we mentioned, there's already a league in place. Um, and, you know, putting a, uh, putting a, a WNHL or whatever it would be called, it sounds like a huge project. But if I'm a if I'm a betting man, I'm I'm assuming that the NHL already has in their minds an idea of how to put this together, and it can probably be turned around a lot quicker than people think. That's been a, a delicate topic, I think, that you and and Fridge have had to navigate. And I, I remember Fridge was talking on a recent podcast as well. He's kind yeah. of every time he talks, is it it's a tinderbox because he has such a vast it's audience. Hard. Yeah. It's hard. It's uh, honestly like Elliot. I mean, Elliot is a journalist and he, I, I don't know that there's been a story recently that has as many landmines as this one does. Uh, mm-hmm. And you can understand why when it comes to women's hockey, um, there's a lot of nerves that are close to the skin but a lot of parties involved and you can, we all understand the reasons why, and it is really difficult to navigate without offending someone. Um, has it gotten in the way of, of progress? I've heard that from women involved in the game that they need to get out of their own way. If this thing is going to move forward, uh, the stakes are high in this one. Uh, it's a very delicate situation and, Listen, anytime Elliot talks about it or writes about it, he opens himself up to criticism because there's a lot of different layers to this one. 
and it's really easy to offend one of or a number of the groups that have um, that have a stake in the issue. So it's a tricky one. It's a sensitive one. I think everybody wants to do the right thing here. I think everybody wants to see a successfully run women's hockey league, but the issue is everybody has a different idea of how to get there. We all know that, you know, we all know that everybody wants to get to the top of the mountain here, but everybody has a different path that they think they should take. So this one is a, you know, I, I can sympathize with what Elliot has gone through. For me, it's only been, you know, whether I say something on radio or on a podcast like this or 31 Thoughts Pod uh, or a couple of tweets. Elliot puts it in writing in 31 Thoughts at sportsnet.ca, which everybody in the industry reads and everybody has an opinion on. And the minute that thing gets published, his inbox, his DMs and his, you know, text message, his text messages just explode. Um, so that gets doubled when he does a big piece on women's hockey. It's a tough one. I think we all know where it's going. We all think it's going to get there eventually. It's not fast enough for some people. And I understand that, but I think we all know where this thing is heading. And I think the women being, uh, at the all-star game again, this season moves it that much closer. All right, Jeff, uh, appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, as much as we laughed about you being a tough get, uh, you're always welcome back. Hey, and you're officially a returning guest in, in front of the Wing Wheel podcast now. Uh, so for those of you who don't listen, you can find Jeff on Sportsnet, um, 31 Thoughts, the podcast, ice surfing, uh, pretty much everywhere in the hockey world. Jeff, thank you for joining us again. You're right. There is too much me out there. But listen, uh, I should not, again, I should not be this hard. And that is all my fault. So let's, uh, let's not make it this long in between appearances. Love talking to you guys. That's the deal. All right. Have a good night. Thanks, boys. Have a good one. And we're back. Disco Dan has kind of figured out the controls for the lights. I broke everything. Ah, well, it was only a matter of time. Uh, and that was Jeff Merrick. So uh, pumped to have Jeff back on. And as we were joking around, um, he can't be the hardest get on this show. So we're going to have him back on much sooner. Um, Fridge, though, still, that might never happen. Because as Jeff said, just like you, Brad, terrible person. Well, if we can get me on here, there's hope. <laughs> if we can get Evan on here, there's hope. True. Um, I can't wait for you guys to see the reveal video because it was the most engaged I've ever seen Evan in my life. So uh all right the all-star game came it went let's talk about the good the bad and the ugly um well i guess the bad would be my oh that was the real bad that was the banishing if you try to defend it ryan i'm gonna ask you to leave i saw people trying to defend it and all i thought was the puck tracker if you made it better would have made more sense in you know the 90s but we have high definition TVs now. We have amazing cameras. We don't need the puck tracker anymore. I don't like it. I didn't like it at all. All that extra on-screen technology stuff they put up, I hated it almost universally. Um, okay, for a for the future of watching sports on your TV, which is through the internet, through streaming somehow, whether you pump that through your TV or you're on your laptop or on your phone, I think selecting what kind of overlay you want. Yeah, as an 
option, it would be great. Yes. Even if you want to turn on the puck tracker. Amazing. Just you wanted to fall around your favorite player. You're watching the All-Star game and you just turn on Bertuzzi. Where is he? Yeah, for sure. As I an why option. Are you turning on a gro- another grown man, Brad? There's nothing wrong with that. It's 2020, well, Evan. It's get with the time. Oh, yeah. I guess there has to be consenting parties here. Yeah. Um, the... If in a perfect world, I mean, if they're going to keep doing deals through NBC and whatever other like major networks, then they should make it interactive through your TV where they have some kind of interface where even if you're watching on cable or, you know, national television and not through streaming, something pops up that says, like, if you have a decent enough TV, you hit OK on your remote and you can, you know, turn the, the tracker on and off. Press nine for Samuel L. Jackson to commentate this game. Nine, 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 <laughs> nine, nine. Please, nine. Um, a small departure here. Uh, you want to know something sad that happened to me? I was watching the All-Star game. Uh, yes, I was actually watching. And um, they cut to commercial. And I got this wave of nostalgia. And I couldn't figure it, figure it out. And I kind of just brushed it off. And then they cut to commercial again like 20 minutes later. And I got this other wave of nostalgia. And I was like what's happening? And then I realized the sound of when they cut to commercial on a nationally broadcasted game, the only other times where I had really heard that was when the Red Wings were past the second round in the playoffs. Oh God. Because that's when they, every single playoff game is nationally broadcasted. And we haven't heard that as Red Wings fans for five years now, or however long it's been since they've made it past the second round. Um, Yeah. And almost seven. When there's oh my god that was just to make it to the second round, and when there's when there's nationally broadcasted games every time, but I uh, I mute the TV and NHL TV kind of cuts to commercial before they can play the music, so um, I can't picture it in my head right now. But you guys know the NBC cut to commercial tune, and yeah, I just got this wave of oh oh this is sad. We haven't been good in so long, yeah. Yeah, puck tracker. I'm not really in for. I mean, if it's your thing, like, uh, tell us why you liked it. I would love to know um, if you guys enjoyed it. If you guys like the names above, I think it's cool that they can do it. And I think the coolest stuff will be uh, the stuff they can find afterwards. So they say, you know, Connor McDavid averaged, you know, 28 kilometers an hour this shift or miles an hour this shift. Or if they can make it so that the puck velocity going into the net is over 100 miles an hour and the net lights on fire on an overlay. That's, that's the hottest idea anyone's ever had. Yeah, yeah. Get the table going. I'm down for it. <laughs> Get the table going. Come on, Evan. Do yes, the sir. disco lights. Yes, Hockey nets that light on fire. Cue the table. We'll get better at this. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> There's Evan's take. <laughs> There's two remotes and only one does something. Uh, the uh, the overlay on the board ads. I didn't honestly. I noticed it so little. I'm fine with it. I noticed it a lot at first. You can tell it's an overlay. It does yep. not look natural yet. Which is fine. I really... Okay, so the first time we saw the overlay was the World Cup of Hockey, mm-hmm. where when a team scored, the whole team would light up and it'd be like, goal, Team North America. Like, I actually loved that. I didn't, The ads, who cares? But the overlay of like when a goal celebrates and the red light or whatever they put on the boards, I thought that was cool. They did the same thing. It just didn't look as good as it did in the World Cup of Hockey in terms of what graphic they used. So yeah, I was a fan of that. I I know some people were flipping out about it. It's either digital ads or non-digital ads. Either way, we're seeing ads. I don't care. Uh, a graphic overlay that didn't work was those weird electronic screens for the accuracy competition. Yeah, those were bad. Let's talk about an absolute disgrace. 
What, what? I I was sick to my stomach when I saw that. Is nothing to... sacred? <laughs> Are we gonna have to light the table up again? <laughs> Evan, now that Evan has an out, a visual outlet for his anger, yeah. he's gonna light it up every oh, time. As soon as I saw that, I was like, "What is this monstrosity?" Imagine paying like five hundred bucks to sit behind the net and watch the accuracy contest. And watch a guy shoot at a stupid f- board. <laughs> Up and you can't see anything. My favorite was when Jonathan Huberto hit the post and took out the top right corner. Oh yeah, yeah. That's just how good Jonathan Huberto has been for the Panthers. When he misses the net, it goes it goes top shelf on the right side. Good God. Yeah, that was. Once again, this decision went through like three different levels of employees, (laughs) and it somehow got approved. Yeah, this was someone at the top, someone who's not familiar with technology at all, learned that. Uh, you can have a digital interface that like interacts with a physical puck. And they're like, I want that. And someone was like, no, it doesn't really work. He's like, nope, I saw it at a conference, at a tech conference where they demonstrated this to me at a booth and I want it for the Nets. And The guy was wearing flannel. He put together a very convincing argument. Yeah, they always do. And uh, yeah, it was bad. Uh, I think every hockey fan can agree. Just have the foam or whatever exploding targets. It's yes. way better. Sweep it out in between shots and bam you're done it doesn't have to be that fancy literal exploding targets would be great something that interacts with rubber oh yeah so have, when it hits it just boom have like a tiny bit of gunpowder behind <laughs> like a striking pin so if you <laughs> if you hit it and it just like breaks that's a point but if you hit it and it explodes that's more points and if you hit it and it explodes and it doesn't maim any of the uh on ice employees then you really get a ton of points is this the first year they've done five targets uh, I think they've done something similar in the past. Once again, also, nothing is sacred. How could we possibly compare this to former NHLers? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you're talking about comparing times, then people are still up in arms because Barzell missed the Larkin's record by like however much. Are we uh, going to go into some pros or no? Or were there any? Uh, I, 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 got, I got a pro, but I think uh, my, my pro needs a table to be lit up, but um i liked the uh shooting stars i liked it a lot actually yeah Which one was that? the one where they're firing it from the stands yeah yeah i thought that was cool i thought it was really fun i think they needed to rethink the layout because everybody was just going for 10 yeah but i i actually really enjoyed that competition i think it has it's a good idea and i think they have something to build on there i think they need to go inverse for the 10 i think the 10 needs to be a small hole yeah it needs to be tiny you yeah. need to give them like it was the it was one of the furthest targets but it was big but the design on it that under the St. Louis Arch is great. Yeah, like it also only- didn't really tell anyone what they were doing. No. And <laughs> I think there were two or three too many people doing it. Patty Kane said, uh, oh, it is a thousand career points, by the way. Um, he said that they all made a pact beforehand. Was it Kane or Marlowe? Not Marlowe, Marner. Uh, they made a pact beforehand where they would all only shoot for the 10 the whole time. Really? So like, if the players are opting to do that, then... You, there's something to work on there, but I no. As an event, I actually didn't mind that one. I thought that one was okay. Yeah, not yeah. Bad. Um, the fastest skater, <laughs> I like. Larkin holds the, the record. Yeah, he got his skating start. Will we ever uh, take that away from Larkin? No, absolutely not. And I can't wait for him to go back and break the record again. Barzell missed it by what point zero 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 four something like that. It was nuts. Yeah, Barzell only won though because he took the like. 
best line imaginable. He got so close to the nets on his cut that he actually had to bring his stick kind of over the net. Yeah. Which is, I think. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. McDavid kind of came farther away. And that literally, these guys are going so fast. That was the difference. McDavid, who they just came out with, like, uh, Gary Roberts just went on 31 Thoughts. And they just aired that documentary on Sportsnet of uh, his recovery. When he had his tibia crack, his piece, we talked about this last episode, his PCL torn and the lining on the back of his knee torn. So, um, really, if that guy without, with a proper summer of rest <laughs> is easily the fastest all star in the league, not maybe not the fastest skater. Cause I'll bet fastest skater in the league. Yeah, probably. If it, I want to see them do around with the puck. No, he'd win by an even bigger margin. He'd win by a mile. He'd probably be faster than he is without the puck. They were interviewing a player before the, um, Actual fastest skater started, and they said to make it fair, they McDavid had to go with a puck. Are you serious? Someone said that. Yeah, They're like yeah, McDavid should have to go with a puck just to balance this out. That's so funny. Oh man, the um, and Barzell won. So shocker. Yeah, that was that competition's always good. I think the game itself is just like I know it's hard to get them to to try, and it's a three on three. I think in a way, the three on three almost exposes more how much. They're not trying. Yeah, how little they care because three on three is supposed to be chaos. And uh, for the goalies, it's chaos. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was, I did not care for any part of the actual game. All the parts I enjoyed came Friday night. Yeah. The the game itself, I can never find. I never found myself enjoying, but I don't know if there's ever going to be a solution where that's going to be how it was in the old days where players would pick up and try. I think the last one that I saw players try, like a Ginlow was in it. I can't remember what year it was. I think it was closer to a decade ago where in the third period, like the hits were being thrown, there were penalties, like they actually picked up and tried, but that was just like a fluke. I don't think you can manufacture that. I still think they need to tweak it. The game itself was, eh. Bertuzzi had fun with Duclair on his line. Yeah, they had, uh, Four assists and a goal, and then I got bombarded with, Duclair and Bertuzzi have chemistry. Who's going to trade for who? <laughs> yes. I, I don't think either team is in the business of acquiring talent right now. Oh, How old is Anthony Duclair? I don't even care. Yeah. Mid-20s. The also like the game itself is always just a random person. Not a random. These are the best of the best in the NHL, but it's always a random person to... Uh, to have a really great game and Duclair had his for the Atlantic division who ended up winning the Pacific. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, it was the Pacific. The, uh, the one, my biggest, one of my biggest scrapes arguably about the weekend was the save streak. If you're in a shootout competition, it should not be about the goalies. It should be about trying to score and rewarding the team that scores the most or whatever, because then you'll see guys actually come in, try a little harder, maybe try some stuff. Cause this, the, this might actually be the thing that bothers me the most about the whole weekend, the game and a couple events in the All-Stars. These are the most skilled players on the planet. Guys who can literally skate behind the net, pick up the puck with their toe and throw it in with a lacrosse. Like stuff us normal plebs can't do. Mm-hmm. No, the, Almost nobody tried anything like that the whole weekend. The entire shootout, we saw, I think Matthew Kachuk went through the legs. Uh, and then during the game, I think it was only Matthew Kachuk who tried behind the back and a couple other things. Nobody... Was trying anything. You're telling me we had three lacrosse goals in the regular season this year and nobody tried it in the All-Star game? Every single player that was there could do it. I would bet money on it. But nobody tried it. Nobody tried it through the legs. Nobody tried anything creative. Like, it's entertainment. If you're going to play slow, 
fine. But I've seen guys in my beer league pull off some crazy moves if you give them enough room on a breakaway. Why are these guys not doing it? Who was uh, the guy in the shootout who tried the uh, toe blade, uh, the the toe of his blade against the Red Wings to go five hole on Bernier? Uh, Tyler Ennis. Tyler Ennis. That's who it was. Tyler Ennis tried to score with his with the toe of his blade on Bernier in a real shootout and almost got it five hole. And that yeah. was a that was crazier than anything you saw. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's not even an effort thing. It just shows like how little these guys care. There was not a lot of funny moments outside of Hurdle throwing on the Bieber mask to shoot on Bennington, which was great. More of that, please. It's funny, yeah. There, and then, oh my God. Okay, I get it. Let me start before I get on this rant. I get it. But if I hear the name Kachuk or <laughs> Kachuk Brothers or their dad, Walt, that I think someone broke Austin Matthews' wrist just so Brady could go, so they would have this never-ending storyline. I had my first moment of, oh, I'm this isn't I'm too old. This isn't for me. Like Jeff said, like this isn't for me. You know, I'm not. I try not to be an old man. Like I try to say, like no, this is fun. Like do something new, do something different. Like it's a modern league. I think I'm almost always on that side. These TikTok videos that they're doing with the drawing. Of like the Kachuk brothers were like drawing hearts, each half of a heart with like the. I somehow miss that, and I feel I'm I feel appreciative about that. I know it's not for us. I know it's not for our demographic. They're trying to get the young crowd, and TikTok is in. Although Byte is out now, so what the hell is that? Byte is uh, essentially Vine 2.0. Yeah, I loved Vine. Yeah, it's I'm, it's it's very Vine. It's I was I've been laughing my ass off. B Y T E. You just no made ads. no free ad. You just made Crystal so angry because uh, the hours I am about to lose. Yeah, yeah, every free minute it just dropped. Anyhow, oh, uh, I'm happy. The TikTok crowd is. I hate TikTok. It's like it's just not for us. And I was watching it. I'm like, this can't be it, right? Like, this can't be how they're using this this time with these players like in this space and then i'm like i'm on twitter it's not like yeah hockey twitter is a thing but like young people are also on twitter and they're going to share this stuff on all their platforms well, if it's not for us why it was green day the band that they chose <laughs> that was clearly for us because no one under the age of 20 no one under the age of you yeah <laughs> the, who the hell green day is. they're like oh you want something familiar from the 90s and early 2000s sure here's green day and we we're all like ah yeah okay here's cool. green day like, why and then they said ferk on live television and the blasphemy like, like, and all of a sudden my ears perked up <laughs> highlight of the night so i i can almost justify your old man rant with my old ran old man rant but it'll kind of tie in together the thing that drove me the most nuts about the skills competition before we get into the highlight of the skills competition, why did that thing take like almost four hours? The whole event moves so unbelievably slowly. There's time. I get that in some events you have to set up. Like when you're doing the shooting starts, that requires some setup. You know what that time would be used well for? All your crappy TikTok stuff. Yeah. Do some fun stuff there. It's it's horribly it's like a football game except without the intensity. Yeah. Um but less CTE. Yeah. Oh man, I just finished the Aaron Hernandez documentary. Yeah. Wild. Wild. Oh, I've got to get into that, but you just told me about new vines, so I might never get into it. <laughs> um because which leads me into 
a problem I had with easily the highlight of the weekend. The highlight of the weekend was definitely the women's three on three. They tried. Natalie Spooner attempted a lacrosse move on a breakaway. It didn't work, but hey, she tried it. Um, who was it? Jocelyn Lamoureux was like backhand toe dragging everybody. It was fun. It was fast. You could tell they were into it. They wanted to be there and it was great. And it started at 10 PM. Yeah. It was like uh, the main, uh, the title card on in UFC starting at midnight. It's like, I get it. Like, I get that this has to be like a feature moment, but then time your night better. Yeah. It's, it was horribly stupid because, uh, I can't even use my family as an example for why this is dumb. Do you know who didn't watch that? My daughter, who this is exactly geared towards. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was well past her bedtime. My three-year-old daughter, who's at that stage in her life where she's getting incredibly obsessed with hockey. She loves watching girls hockey players on there. I know a lot of that has to do with one of our friends being a high-ranking girl hockey player, but still. Who we're going to have on. If she agrees, I've never actually talked to her about it. Who we might have on. (laughs) She's aware of the podcast, but she doesn't. Yeah. Anyways, um, I'll probably see her tomorrow, actually. But anyways. Yeah. How are you the biggest to me, the biggest benefit of growing the women's hockey game isn't the women getting paid. It isn't the establishment of a professional league, both of which are great. It's because you're ge- you're going to generate excitement in the new generation of potential female hockey fans. And you just missed all of them. All of them. I get that this game was in the cent- this was in the central time zone. I don't care. This didn't need to be four hours. You could have done this whole event in two and a half hours and had everything done by like, like done by 1030 Eastern. I always thought the skills competition was on Saturday and the game was on the Sunday. It used to be. Oh, that's a mistake. That was very much a mistake. Yeah, it's. I don't know. Who's the all-star game for or the whole thing for? I it's meant to be kids who are in bed and can't watch it. And I understand that. Oh, Eastern time zone bias. Yeah, we're the biggest market. You need to pander to that market. Sorry. Um, if I hear the argument against the Olympics to say like, oh, the All-Star game doesn't happen once every four years. Never talk to me again. I, I would be completely okay if we didn't have an All-Star game. And you just nominated. It's like these are the All-Stars. 100%. Yeah, go for it. Well, be- because being an All-Star doesn't mean anything anymore. Tyler Bertuzzi was an All-Star. As mu- at the end of the year, like the Pro Bowl. Yeah. As much as we love that Tyler Bertuzzi was an all-star, are you telling me he should be in there over Nikita Kucherov or Nicholas Backstrom? No, it's it's asinine because every team has to have one. So being an all-star actually means nothing now. So it's the whole thing. I get. I'm 100% with Ryan. I get this isn't for us. I get it. Shooting stars. That's for the kids. All the dumb TikToks they do. It's for the kids. Well, if you're going to do it for the kids, um, do better. Because I think kids would have got seriously bored of this entire thing. Once again, there are three levels of employees that agreed to all this. <laughs> and this is what we got. I, I still like, if they go back to the styrofoam targets, I will still watch the accuracy contest. Because when Hurdle was going ham and then missed eight in a row, I was One intrigued. Target. I was intrigued. Well, they should have just hit it off the post and then it would have counted. Yeah, just shoot harder. Just, just like yeah. break and the sensor. I still enjoy fastest skater and I still enjoy the hardest shot because I keep winning it. <laughs> so, there is, so there are salvageable things with the whole all-star event. It's just get do something about the game because it blows. Yeah. And there is no need for four events to go for four and a half hours. Um, 
I don't want to dive too deep into the uh, the women's hockey thing right now because a, a I think it needs more time and we don't want to not do it justice and b um, it's an incredibly tough topic to navigate. It was almost easier in the summer because we all thought the ND, NWHL would follow suit with the CWHL and, and fold and then we'd get a WNHL and uh, Jeff Merrick alluded a little bit to this earlier. Um, I think that's a long term goal because you know we've seen the WNBA model and we've seen now like not everyone loves it and that's obviously something that's always going to be the case but like there's engagement with this. There's like imagine a joint all-star game an NHL and uh, WNHL all-star game happening in the same weekend. Like that's awesome. And so now instead of four hours, it's twelve. I mean, you have a whole weekend <laughs> to work with. But no, it, this will it'll be interesting to see what this burns because that seems to be the resounding. This was like the easy standout for the whole All Star weekend. So, uh, for Red Wings fans, it was fun to see Bird out there. He had what four assists or something like that. Yep. And a goal. Uh, and I know it's all-star points. It doesn't matter. Off his skate. It's the only way Bertuzzi was going to score in the all-star game. Uh, redirection, yeah. Uh, in some Red Wings news, uh, did we ever talk about Jonathan Bergeron? We might yeah, not have, eh? So. We've had enough sad topics this episode. Moving on. Shoulder uh, surgery out for the rest of the season. Can relate. S- second year in a row. Terrible, terrible news for someone who is poised to be a first-round uh, talent picked in the second round and, and it's been a rough first two years of his recovery or his uh, development. Um, all of the Red Wings, the Calvin Pickard, Zadina, like I mentioned, went down to Grand Rapids and then dominated for a game. Uh, Zadina sat out the next game and we all panicked, but it, it looked to be a minor tweak and uh, they just didn't want to, they want to exercise caution, which is good news. Um, I think that was the right call because imagine Zadina went down and then got hurt and this whole streak died. Well, the fact that he didn't play that game, let us say that. When Zadina got sent down, he averaged three points per game. <laughs> yep. It's worth it. Um, anything else with the Red Wings that I am missing? Trade, I would love to dive more into trade deadline, you know, Nothing has changed right now, and I don't think we will see it. It'll probably start in earnest after the All-Star break. That's like a weird little barometer. Um, but for now, there's not much else. Oh, my God. We're like a month out from the All-Star, uh, from the trade deadline almost exactly. Yeah, almost exactly. The 24th, right? Yeah, I What's believe today? so. The 26th. So we're less than a month. Yes. Oh, boy. Um, very quickly, before we jump into overtime, I'm going to do a tankathon and where you're going to tell get the lights ready because if uh if it's a good one you have to react accordingly and if we're going to talk about who we would want the red wings to draft at that spot all right three two (sighs) the red wings fourth can we just uh like start the lottery all over again we want to redo (laughs) the the whole yeah because that is anaheim buffalo new jersey and then detroit so the current mock draft rankings actually have Tim Stutzla at third, which puts Lucas Raymond down at fourth. Yes, please. I would con- I, I wouldn't do it for sure, but I would consider Raymond at two. I would, yeah. I think I still go Byfield, but I would consider it. Those are my top four right now. Lafreniere, Byfield, one and two, definitely. And then Stutzla and Raymond at three and four are... God, I got Drysdale right now so close to them, though. I know. It's, again... Uh, we're the one team where our pipeline doesn't need another uh, like good right-handed shooting defenseman. The Red Wings will never have like they're a far cry from being the Nashville of the future, right? But there's other bigger holes right now that have no you know growing pieces. Cider, who looks to be NHL ready right now, killed another guy yesterday. He's 
honestly probably the most wanted killer in Grand Rapids. Shadow and that's claims another victim. <laughs> uh, Cider must be a huge fan of Stranger Things because he just keeps sending dudes to the upside down. <laughs> there's so much potential here. Um, there's nothing there for like every single premier top six prospect is either playing or is already developed. So like, you know, the best wingers they the Red Wings have are Mantha and, and Bertuzzi and Zadina, and they're up. You know, the best center they have is Larkin, and he's up. And Valeno is projected to be a good middle six center, hopefully. Um, but he's a far – like, he can't be the Red Wings' best prospect right now outside of – like, best forward prospect. So, Lafreniere, oh, man. Please, please. Please. I know it's not gonna, but please. But it will. Please. But it will. At least we can't pick worse than fourth, which is still going to be a really good player. And I'm going to keep repeating, repeating this phrase in my head every morning when I wake up until the draft lottery. So I, my meltdown will be less catastrophic. If there's ever a year to pick fourth, this is a good one. This is a really good one. Good I know one. we said that last year. And if we did, even more so this year. Yeah, because there's legitimately off the top of my head of guys who could realistically go up fourth like Five of them I'd be happy with. All right. Shut up. <laughs> We're going to head over to overtime, uh, which on this episode of the Winged Wheel podcast is brought to you by R&D Woodworking. Go check out rdwoodworking.ca and we uh, check out our posts that are to come on uh, revealing this table. So we're going to start with Josh Terrell uh, on Patreon. He says, hey, Dub Dub, was curious your guys' thoughts on Jonathan Bergeron. Best and worst case scenarios of what he may become and how many more years we potentially see him. Thanks as always. Um, okay. He's tough because this is his second career or second season end ending injury in his first two years of his career after being drafted it. And that is like a, a nightmare worst case scenario. If you're a small, speedy, um, talented player, he's a third liner at best based on how short his development has now become based on his best case scenario based on his skill set victor arvidson worst case scenario we never even sees north america i think it's all or nothing with berger and i think if he makes it he's a top six winger eventually i could see it. he could he could be I, that whole top six is a myth if if we actually develop a thing where we have a scoring third line he could do it um he's got a big hill to overcome because he's missed some quality quality time now but then again you know what so is mckisaac he missed the better part of a year so yeah mckisaac looked fine at the world juniors so andrew bohan says hey dub duds i know it's all-star game so it doesn't mean a lot but there seemed to be uh some amount of chemistry between bertuzzi and duclair on that atlantic line (laughs) would you trade for him if so what would you be looking to pay for him also that shooting from the platform thing absolute madness but i personally loved it anthony duclair's value couldn't be any more high right now so would we ever yeah that you don't even look to do that right now if you're ottawa you're happy that you have a 24 year old you know uh, projected to be 30 goal scorer on your team who all of a sudden came out of the woodwork a guy who's like cast off by multiple teams you're thrilled you don't give up assets for anthony duclair right now no with the time to get anthony duclair was when ottawa got anthony duclair because he was worth basically nothing um buying anthony duclair right now would be like buying bitcoin was at twenty five thousand dollars and bye see you later Bye. Bye. Anthony Duclair was Ottawa's Robbie Fabry. Yeah, pretty much. Um, next question is from Cody G. He says, surviving the season has made it uh, has been made much easier by this food and movie podcast. Rest in peace, Terry. But now I need your help in other ways. Looking for your tips on surviving the novel 
coronavirus as Mongolia is the Canada of China. Masks and other PPE have all been bought out in the Mongolian government. See you later, Evan. Um, just officially canceled my work for the next five weeks because of the crisis. How do I get through this with the wings being so difficult to watch and the supply of Corona beers decreasing from hard to find to totally sold out for jokes? Send help before the borders officially close. Oh my God, you're in Ma- Mongolia. Uh, okay. Uh, Don't leave the house. I would love to say our voices are soothing and uh, you know help you resist coronavirus. No, they're the opposite of that. <laughs> I'm please. pretty sure like just by listening to us, we kind of technically induce the virus somehow. Please stay safe. And um, I don't know. I like that's tough. We don't live anywhere. Although there is the first reported case now in Canada. In the, Canada? I thought it was California. Well, they're up to four in the States now. Oh, holy hell. That was it was one as of this morning. Oh, I could be wrong. I don't know. Anyways. No, that's oh, it's spreading. God damn it. I have kids, man. I can't let them leave the house now. Jacob Charlop says, what's up, Dub Dubs? Hope all is well. Two quick ones. With the Mantha news, would you try to lock him up long term at a more reasonable price or opt for another bridge to make sure injury issues don't continue? Uh, the former. Long term. Not even a debate in my mind. I will hear both sides of the Athanasio and Bertuzzi argument. Not for Mantha. Second, if we end up drafting one of the wingers, hopefully Lafreniere, can Larkin, Valeno, Rasmussen be the center core? Uh, how would you go about upgrading the center position moving forward? Uh, if you have Lafreniere, it doesn't matter. Yes. Uh, Lafreniere is enough of a line driver or is poised to be where you can play him with Larkin or Valeno or Rasmussen. Who cares? Um, they will produce. And if you have Larkin, Valeno on your, as your number one and two centers, and then you have Zidina pans out and Lafreniere, they end up getting Lafreniere, then that is... You're fine. Um, Ryan Kern says, hey, boys, I'll be leaving this week for a four-month trip to Armenia, and I think I picked the right season to go. I don't think I'll be able to watch much of the Wings mercifully, so I'll count on you guys to keep me updated. Any tips for foreign travel? Oh, man. Uh, first of all, have fun. Secondly, uh, have anchor points in your trip. So you know, book certain hotels or hostels or however you're traveling on certain dates, uh, flights and stuff. Leave some open-endedness so you don't you have some flexibility because you're always going to find cool things to do when you get there, cities or towns you want to stay in longer. Uh, please, for the love of God, be safe. Use a buddy system. Um, ask your hotel or your hostel the best way to get around, where to go, where not to go, because it is then their best interest to keep you safe and happy so you come back. Uh, that is the best way to do it. Also, if you see meat or fruit sitting out in the open and they don't prepare it in front of you, do not eat it, please. I got sick once in Asia and it was because they brought me the pineapple that was pre-chopped and it was warm and I did not leave the outhouse after that. Mark says, well, shit, boys, the NHL is trying to ruin the NHL. Uh, the puck and player tracker is the worst thing to happen to hockey since the instigator rule. NBC and the NHL are doing completely everything they can to make wa- uh, watching hockey on TV unbearable. It's bad enough they have Doc Emmerich and Pierre Maguire, but I can fix them with the volume control. Were you subjected to that trash in Canada? Yeah, we were. Um, couldn't even watch women's three on three on the NHL TV app. What? Yep. Uh, what can we do to defeat this abomination? Uh, hope that a streaming service wins the next TV deal. Should I just gouge my eyes out with a rusty screwdriver and fill bleeding eye sockets with Tabasco sauce and Reaper peppers? There has to be a way to be uh, around being forcibly subjected uh, to 
to being forcibly subjected to all of this uh, um, had to do a mild amount of censorship there. But he got colorful. You truly are a poet. Anyways, how was your weekend? Did you do anything fun? Tell me something good to take my mind off the uh, off what the NHL did to my eyes. If you want some nice eye recovery, this beautiful table. Uh, it helps. Also, what do I have to do to get a bumper sticker, hologram, or otherwise? I don't want to drive all the way to Kitchener to get one, but if I if I do, I will. We're going out for shinny beers if I do, though. Have a good week. I'll be crying tears of blood for the next five days at least. Yeah, we got this sweet holographic stickers. Um, we're giving some away on Instagram or on Twitter. Um, we're giving away 10, but if we get to 4,000 followers and we're currently like 185 away, we'll give away 40 of them. So if you want one. Follow, retweet that whole business. I'm always down for shinny beers. I'm literally going to shinny in like 30 minutes. Garrett TV says, sub hockey amigos, how do you think player tracking data could impact the game prep uh, near and long term? My first thoughts were that offenses could try to exploit opposing opposing players' individual weaknesses in the near term and also develop more set plays for five on five. Long term, I could see things like neutral zone play, uh, zone breakouts, and even player handedness evolving. But these are just a few thoughts. Keep your sticks on the ice, boys, and bet your sweet vippy that change is coming. Let's go Red Wings. Um, I think a lot of people are overvaluing how much this player tracking is going to bring because everything you just mentioned to some degree coaches already know and use. Um, you don't need to watch Patrick Nemeth to know that, uh, his weakness is his skating. So exploit it, right? Um, it might refine a few things or make certain things pop, but I don't think the player tracking is going to be a big revolution. I think it'll be really fun for the novelty of the stats. Like, Hey, Connor McDavid got up to 47 kilometers an hour in this game. Look at that freak go. But yeah, I'm admittedly a very much a pessimist on this in terms of the benefits it's going to have. I'm i I'm on the flip side. I think it's going to do a lot of cool things for teams internally. Like imagine their video, Imagine their review. Imagine what they're going to be doing internally, whether you're an analytics person or not. Being able to draw maps and plays like on a digital board of like where players were at certain points in time, like even if you're doing just X's and O's, that is so much substantially better. You can do matching programs to see if a player is suitable for a play you drew up. Like if you need a player to fire down the wing, but his average speed on the ice is like 10 miles an hour you know that player can't play on the wing or, or, or run that play. Like there's a lot that teams can do internally. And then for analytics, my God, that opens up a whole new world. It even further solidifies whatever uh, they're trying to claim or, or whatever conclusions they come to. It is substantially better. It is, it gives them more of a body work, a body of work. It reascertains uh, some of whatever they posit in, in their data. There's just so much that they can do. I'm, I'm excited for what people like Micah McCurdy can do with the information, although it's not going to roll out publicly very quickly. Ryan's favorite bastard says, sup nerds, Brad rooting for my 49ers. I knew there was a reason you were my favorite. Wouldn't it be nice if we signed Mantha to an eight year, $6.9 million contract? Nice. If the wings draft second overall, is there a chance uh, of Stevie Raymond? The fancy stats are telling us he's destined to be a great player. Uh, I think it should be very seriously considered. Um, again, I don't think I'm there to the point where I put him ahead of Byfield. I wouldn't be surprised if I got there by the by the draft. I wouldn't be surprised if Eisenman got there by the draft. He picked Mort Sider six overall. He really does not care about anybody's rankings. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think past Lafreniere, this draft could get very, very interesting very fast. The, the the one part where I one pick I almost don't want Detroit to pick is two because that's a level of analysis that no matter which way we go, we're going to get flamed. Oh, no, it has to be Byfield. This is boring. Talk about that. Oh, maybe I wouldn't take Byfield. You're an idiot. <laughs>
I'm ready for it. Now that I've said that, we're picking second. You're welcome, everybody. Yeah. Matt Bocker says, hey, guys, nothing hockey related, but what's worse, being stuck behind someone doing five over in the fast lane or having some jackass ride your bumper while the passing slash fast lane is wide open? Cheers to the end of the season. Oh, the guy riding your ass, but it's it gets better because I love screwing with those guys. Not when the kids are in the car. Yeah. You know, don't brake check, but also don't. Oh, no, I don't brake check. I don't move and until I see them start to move, and then I throw my blinker on just to fake them out. Yeah. Like, I'm not actually going to start, like, weaving around in traffic but and, and dodging in and out of lanes. But watching them start to go, I flick my blinker on and then watching them come back just to realize I'm not going. It's one of the most <laughs> satisfying things you can do on the road. <laughs> uh, Brett S. says, hey, guys, I have a Detroit Red Wings all-star scenario for you. Russian five versus Swedish mafia. Who would win three on three or five on five? Uh, three on three. That'll be the Russians. He has uh, a Russian. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh five on five oh man i don't know because the defense would be what constantina fatisa versus lidstrom and cronwall and then up front it would be zetterberg franz and samuelson against are we going the actual russian five so we're not yeah. picking datsuk yeah yeah well Matt. he has plus datsuk in his roster he's russian five plus datsuk versus swedish mafia which is lidstrom hank franz and homer cronwall and nyquist oh, i think i'm going with the russians on both i think russians on both as well stay fresh cheese bags of fournier company says bada uh bada bada bomb bomb womp the trevor daily one for one trade game never mind you can pass on this one fellas i'm going to the prudential center to see the wings versus devils on february 13th how is that barn? bowl how, anyone ever been there no i have been to prudential i took a train past it once never <laughs> been inside <laughs> um did go to madison square garden though <laughs> two all-star game thoughts what are pros and cons of having the nhl adopt what the mlb does and having each conference play for a home ice advantage in the stanley cup finals because i think 80 percent of the guys that are there know it's not going to be relevant for them so it wouldn't change anything um what are the pros and cons of having the nhl adopt what the nfl does and have the all-star game between the conference finals and the stanley cup finals that's even worse that won't happen yeah yeah, i can't do that stay fresh cheese bags for when you have the audacity to ask your general manager for a trade to a contender after posting one of the sabermetrically worst defensive season ever and having made little to no difference in this season just keep something fresh i don't know but he certainly has a brass pair for even asking mike lennox says probably would be a logistical nightmare but i think it would be interesting to have each team hold their own skill competition on the same night each event would be overseen by an nhl rep who would submit each uh, results of the event to a main hub after the event uh, the winner would be announced live to all arenas then move on to the next event unrealistic i know but thoughts love the idea but like you said logistically impossible uh, Shea says 30 goals seems to, uh, seem to be the ultimate benchmark last year as Larkin and Athens, you both crossed that threshold. Obviously nobody's coming close to that number this year. What's, uh, what's for any player, particular player this season, uh, that makes you feel like at least this season isn't a complete waste for everyone involved. Also rest in peace, Kobe. Um, I would say, uh, Zadina keeps up his points per game. And I think if Larkin stays hot, breaking 70 points would be good. Yeah, I, I think something similar to that. I think Zadina staying hot is one of the most important things. I think a 25 for Bertuzzi would be a fun number. Uh, some Reddit questions pulling ahead says, bring back captains picking their teams. Skills competition, I'd love to see the three puck drill. You have three players, no defense, trying to score on the goalie as quick as possible. Three pucks are at the blue line. As soon as you score, you retrieve the next puck. Quickest time wins. I love that. That's a cool. One. Let's do it. 
Buffalo Soldier 11 says there should be a sign up for the all-star game and players are picked from that list. You may not get the best of the best, but a game full, uh, a game full of guys that give a damn would make for much more entertainment. Uh, however, I doubt this would result in a lack of talented players in the game as plenty of pending free agents and rising stars would be looking to display their skills for the league to see. That would look really bad on the league when after a week that sheet's still blank. They would have, you know what they have to figure out, put it in the freaking CBA. You guys get Olympics, but you make all-star game work. That's it. Just yeah, but how do you how do you legislate effort? I don't know. I don't know. Darn Fox says, can you see the wings moving on from Mantha and what would a trade package look like? It would have to be substantial. Do you know how hard it was to not make that sound like a phallic pun? Uh, <laughs> man, for Mantha, we need a huge package, but no, um, a substantial package. I... <laughs> <laughs> right i think it would have to be a first round pick and a, a top end prospect to even consider moving mantha because again teams that are trading first round picks are trading late first round picks and do you know how rarely late first round picks turn out to be anthony mantha other than the pick that turned into anthony mantha but anyways uh twitter question says eric says been meaning to ask this for a while but what is who is each of your guys's nhl comparable assuming you scaled up your talent to the nhl uh, are we going to stick this to current or former Red Wings, or are we going with anybody? anybody. Yeah, I'd say anybody. Hmm. When I was a kid, it was Bure, because that's all I watched was his highlights, but I've evolved. Uh, Nyquist. I'll go Nyquist. If you're scaling up my talents, who is a small, fast, good defensive defenseman who's... Defensive defenseman that's small? <laughs> doesn't exist. Rude, Brad. <laughs> Jared Spurgeon. I don't know. Ellis has such a booming cannon, and that's the opposite of what I have. I'm trying to think of a, a good a good defensive defenseman that can play some offense but doesn't I have just a gave crazy shot. I'll say Jared Spurgeon. Is that what we're going Jared with? Spurgeon. And if I'm five inches taller, uh, more at cider. I like, I like my Nyquist because I'm really good on my edges, moving, skating laterally. Top end speed isn't great. Shot isn't great. But above average hands i think i think i'm a goose lauren asked uh what's the actual chance that a cup contending team would trade for daily unfortunately very high uh, higher than it should be because some nhl teams are still dumb uh i have an important announcement for you after i finish for everyone to tune in after i finish reading off our our name level sponsors here it's actually very important um we'd Did like I to become a name level sponsor you got to hold on my credit card yes and it was declined uh <laughs> yeah i was gonna say we'd like to thank all of our listeners our name level sponsors everett uh arjun shanker ryan's favorite bastard andrew bohan scott martin kayla thompson mitchell shankowski aaron taylor jacob turner matt mckay matthew m rice luke johnson mike reed ryan lewis langabeer clayton van dyken kaylin wood hassam al-kassem charlie elkins hannah lee sean levine connor Leightonen, danny jr craig kibble rob thiel simon anderson john evans kwaz stan olson thank you all so much thank you to rd woodworking daniel rossi for this gorgeous table i can't wait to put this thing to good use uh brad i can't believe i i forgot this while evan was here but there are officially 69 days until the end of the detroit red wings season nice 
Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.